0: Thank you for listening to The Four Pointer. We appreciate your subscription or however you take in our uh, fine work. But first, before we get this episode started, let's talk about your digital hygiene. Every day, I bet you take your phone or laptop onto a public Wi-Fi somewhere and you're not protected because you're not using a VPN. You're connecting your device directly onto whatever random Wi-Fi hotspot that's convenient and that's how your data gets stolen. That's only one of the solves that NordVPN can provide for you online safety is crucial these days think of how much time you spend online how much your life is spent there not only that but online freedom is also something that you don't even realize is getting taken from you because you're not using a vpn why would you let somebody control your online experience right down to the kind of deals you can find on flights and whether or not you can watch your favorite sports team out of market smart people come up with solutions and that's exactly what nordvpn has done for a limited time, get 70% off a three-year plan when you go to nordvpn.com Mavs and use the code Mavs. Pretty simple, right? This special offer makes your subscription just $3.49 per month, so you can browse and shop securely online on all of your devices. Again, that's nordvpn.com Mavs and use the code Mavs to save 70% off a three-year plan and get your subscription down to $3.49, $3.49 per month. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to another session of Sports Sesh. I'm Guy Young and these guys are just guys. Now, I want to just jump right into Hot Topics. Earliest memory of Dirk. It was probably probably a year he was playing with Steve Nash. I kept hearing somebody named Dirt, like with a T. So I was like, why was there a dude named Dirt in the league? And then I, you know, I found out he was actually pretty good. So...
0: Mike, it's Jake. Your basketball doulas here for the four-pointer. Back
1: in the building
0: with no video you back. camera. They let you back with your shirt untucked. I know. Like you're looking like uh, one of the guys from the Office Space or something.
1: Speaking of, not only am I wearing a, f- a flannel, you're getting up and walking around because it's it Flannel me Friday.
0: What are you doing? Feel these pants. Oh, God, you came all the way over here. Feel the pants. Oh, wow, those are very stretchy pants. I know. Extremely right? stretchy pants. Stretchy, khaki pants. What do you want, Bobby? We're just starting the podcast. He can feel my pants, too. Go feel the pants.
1: Okay, well, now we're back. <laughs>
0: Bobby is, came in here for no reason at all just to disrupt our podcast. Definitely had nothing to do with any breaking news. But he's a jerk. Keep the part about pants. my Pants are super solid. What, dope brand, pants. what brand are we messing with here? I don't want to say it. Mm. I got a gift card for Christmas from my brother. I've never actually bought these. If I guess it, can you? Will you tell me? I can. I can I'm it's re- not. It's. I'm just embarrassed. I can read you like a book. You know what they are? What are, are they? They're not J Crew.
1: They're Lululemon. <laughs> Who?
0: All right. Lululemon makes khakis now. That's fine. They. Need you a, liked
1: they, them before I told you what they were.
0: They need a spinoff, like bro brand. I know. That's you know? why I didn't want
1: to tell you, right?
0: What are those, bro? Oh, Lulu, you gotta you gotta use like the correct if they were street called slang. Elevation,
1: yeah. I would have immediately right. been like, "These are elevation." Or just, yeah, just call them. Ad, about the wave
0: at at <laughs> or whatever. You know that? The yeah. other brand.
1: I get those catalogs uh, seemingly every day. Like, That's they're the more consistent than <laughs> <in> the newspaper. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the main reason I only shop at Outdoor Voices, just because it sounds cooler. Yeah, for sure. You know? um, so I was yeah.
1: thinking, what we would do today is just watch all eleven of Kristoff's shots from last night on repeat. <laughs>
0: At least the first one was jump out of my seat, incredible,
1: dude seriously, just took I've had this pulled up
0: all day off the dribble from the three point line. I was like i don't know i've I've had three conversations about Kristoff's dribble drive game already today, and then you pick and pop for the three for the
1: second one right uh that's easy money this yeah. third one here or the third one the step back wasn't a great shot, but he could have mm. hit that. Uh, got himself a little room. The fourth one, and we're really doing this, by the way. Oh, okay. Here we the go. The fourth one, uh, super deep three catch and shoot from Curry. That was short, but it was open. Uh,
0: then we got a lob catch here from Luca. Does mm, the lobby missed? Uh, yeah, the one he jammed against the rim. Yeah, but also yeah. he rolled. Yeah. and he caught a lob. Uh,
1: then we have a little driving Picture floater he here uh, that missed, but was also an aggressive play. Uh shot number seven in this riveting affair.
0: When's the one from half court that he pump faked and was like, You know what? I got this. Uh that one right there was a deep little raise. Uh that one I don't think was as deep as the one, shot clock though. turnaround yep. was nasty. Yep. That was nice.
1: Uh, That one right there from uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter was disgusting. Carmelo Anthony had absolutely no answer for that work. No, he never does. Um, And then here we have someone named uh, Caleb Swanigan trying to hold him on a drive. He got
0: right to the rim. That was easy. He did not look like what I thought Caleb Swanigan was going to look like. Definitely not. Then we have Chris Stops with the putback. Putback dunk. Yeah, that was was some stuff.
1: And then uh, here we have the catch and shoot. Yes. F everybody. The deep one. That was among my favorite games of his. Pretty awesome. Pretty good. He did incredible. it to Portland last time too, so maybe it's oh just yeah that, you know they don't really have anybody that can hold him, but
0: he owns Portland. Uh Hassan Whiteside is the one big that's like kinda shaped like him. Right. But uh still tries to play him all the way out to the three point line and gets burnt so many times. Yeah. That guy, I I hope the I you know I wish him the best, but white Whiteside's got a lot of issues going on. But KP last night, um, let's start there. Our, yeah, because I think it's all connected, you know. Our, our man's is back. Obviously, the Clipper game is a, is a tough way to jump back into things. Um, but that that was just an ugly basketball game to begin with. But, yeah, I'd uh, say a one for twenty start would
1: qualify as an <laughs> ugly basketball game to begin with.
0: <laughs> that was that was not fun. That was whatever whatever Barkley thought he was bitching about last night he oh should have bitched gosh. about the the Clippers game
1: yeah it's weird too like i mean i don't know how much time you want to spend on the TNT guys but him just complaining at halftime about how high the scoring was and dude go pull up the numbers from like the mid 80s or the like late 60s 60s yeah like dude either you're, you're talking about 118 points a game right and so look there's going to be outliers where whenever everybody's scoring 118 Somebody's going to get to 78 at half. Yeah. But that's how it works. That's how math works. Just it's not a matter of defense is necessarily worse, it's just offense we're, is better. We're better at making shots. Right.
0: That's it's how that's how it happens. That complicated. I am dead serious and I don't want to start an online war when I say this, but I'm dead freaking serious. You cannot have old men that hate basketball nowadays talking about basketball all the time. Cuz it's on the broadcast too. Dude, it's Mark Mark Jackson, Van Gundy, It's Barkley, it's Kenny. About half the time, people that are paid to promote the NBA and the game of basketball that freaking hate how the game is played. Now you can't have them talking about the game on a day-to-day basis.
1: And Van Gundy has basically—I feel like he was the first to do this. He's basically turned his game calls into a podcast. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's real casual, though. It's like it is pretty casual, but it's still like, what are they talking about? Like this hasn't, and it's not bad necessarily i like listening to him talk it just has nothing to do with the game
0: well and he tries to bait mark jackson into saying something like funny here and then jackson just shuts down yeah and it's just up to breen to get this momentum back going guys let's just start talking about this freaking game that's happening in front of us yeah they're doing a podcast to a movie except like the movie is a basketball game right and it's jeff van gundy (laughs) yeah and then here
1: and curry for 3 and then uh, mark jackson's yeah. just like i think the cars used to be made better <laughs> you're like what are you talking about yeah it's like to do with yeah
0: it's clay clay thompson incredible incredible cut with the 3 deep 3 warriors tie it you think we really went to space
1: yeah. <laughs> mark jackson huge was rebound like
0: rebound by porzingis i don't know hey so what's the
1: deal with tomatoes is that a fruit <laughs> or is that a vegetable what what hey that hey, is not a fruit if you <laughs> eat it Will, will the tomato plant grow in your just, stomach? It's so
0: weird, man. Like <laughs> you,
1: you just don't hear that in in, in like NFL games. I've, for example, I have
0: been on this train for like four years. I told you this like four years ago, and you were like, "I don't know." Van Gundy's all right, and I'm like, "Yeah, he's all right." It's just really, really weird. I'm like, "That's true." It's the most ADHD. Like, just what's happening over there?
1: So yeah, we uh, we saw a huge night from KP last night. As far as where we're at and getting back into it, and the reason I liked the 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 game and I wanted to go through all eleven of those shots. It's not just that he hit six out of as eleven. As you did, it's more that just the looks. Yeah. Like there's obviously we all know like the whole post up debate is silly. Right. But that doesn't mean like okay, it's not gonna be charted as a post up, but that shot clock beater from the baseline that is oh, yeah. him getting a matchup and shooting over it, and right. that is absolutely that's what you want a big man to do. Yes, to his game. Yeah. So
0: can we can we talk about one thing that and I don't want to turn into a tweet about a guy that just sees something happen and gets frustrated with it. But I think there is a larger, more interesting conversation to be had about he's, I don't know if it's going to be this entire season, but the dribble drive game off a shot fake or from the three point line where he usually gets, initiates his possessions where they start from. I want him to keep doing it, but it does drive me insane Whenever he puts his head down and gets to the basket and it seems like there's no breaks and the train is just, it is flying through the station and the ball goes off the window and one out of eight he makes, right? Right. So me and Bobby had a conversation via text last night where I'm like, man, you got to get something. I mean, he's too big to have a Euro step where he gets in front of the basket. That seems where he's trying to get at all times and either it's a block or a charge that is created. Um, almost every possession and if he starts getting that call or starts putting a little shimmy on it or putting his body a little awkward and getting the call every time I don't care just get to the free throw line that's cool with me but what's happening is he's either charging uh, against another player because he's trying to get dead center in front of the basket because that's where comfortable zone or he's just kind of letting the defender guide him further at a tougher angle tougher angle and then you're 7-3 and you can't get the touchy one on it and it just goes flying off the window <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's a rebound the other way. And I think I want him to keep doing it and just get that motion down. But it's also just the most frustrating thing when that's what they're giving you and you can't do it.
1: I think to me, it's a matter of how the the play starts. If he catches on the move and only has to barely dribble at all. (laughs) Right. It looks a lot better than whenever he has a second to think about it and has to dribble two, three, four times because that becomes a mess real quick. But those, like, whenever they, you know, set a screen for him in the corner and he curls off of it, catches like he's a, good at that at movement. the elbow in motion. That is a good look for him. Yeah. So if you're looking for things that aren't rainmakers from the logo or um, lobs, that's got to be part of it. Yeah. Um, so the, to me, the conversation about Porzingis is amplified by the Powell injury. Like, I think if he had played in the ten previous games and Powell went down, I would have been... Well, there's a whole Powell deal that's separate from how it affects them on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as just on the floor, I would have felt not as freaked out by that if I had 10 games similar to what Porzingis did last night preceding the injury. But him being out and then coming back and losing Dwight in that game, like you just don't really know what to expect from him offensively right now. If he was just lighting people up and averaging 21 and shooting 38% from three... You'd be like, okay, Powell's important, but we can get our offense still, right? With Porzingis at the five, yeah. Which is obviously how they decided to start this last night and in the second half. Um,
0: I was surprised against the Clippers. Honestly, I was surprised Curry started instead of Maxi. Um, I guess the matchups kind of dictate with Portland because yeah. Melo is technically playing a four, right? Um, and he's besides <laughs> playing old man. Back you down until you're underneath the basket. Uh, offense, there's nothing forish about Carmelo to where Dorian can guard him and just be fine with it. Um, but I was a little surprised. I thought I thought Maxi might get the nod. Just get him into that situation. Um, get him feeling like he knows how to run the offense with the starters. But also Maxi and KP, as fun as as it is to think about on defense, um, they kind of are doing a lot of the same exact thing on offense.
1: Yeah, I think is a nice in-between between, between Pal and Porzingis because yeah. he can shoot it, but he's a pretty good roller. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do it as much as Dwight did, um, who's rolling like twice as much as KP does. But I would bet when you run into uh, Bogdanovich and Gobert, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not a Curry game too. Yeah, That's basically just the, the one swing spot, right? Yeah. Some nights it's going to be Maxi, and if it's not Maxi, then they'll either go Curry I was kind of surprised it wasn't DeLon Wright. Mm, yeah. A little worried about that situation, to be honest with you. Um, but it's getting a little weird. Yeah. But uh, they're probably a third of the league, maybe half, where it'll be a maxi game.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to look at, uh, or it's confusing if you don't know what you're looking at whenever you look at maxis and compared to Dwight's pick-and-roll roll man possessions. Because I think they're about even. Her game is what it says. Possessions. But then they classify Dwight really oddly with the same amount of, quote unquote, cuts a game, which is he probably screened on ball, right? screened off ball. And now he's a role man. It's just an extended role play. Right. right. So he has four point two combined each game where he receives the ball and creates a possession, quote unquote, um, what I would consider still out of pick and roll.
1: And Maxie's not really no, doing that. No, does, he does it twice a
0: game. Right. He does. He sets the screen, receives the ball twice a game, basically. Yeah. Dwight does it four times a game, which is twice as much. Simple math right there, right? Um, but I guess let's jump into some Dwight stuff uh, because, well, let's stick, I'm sorry, let's stick on what that means for KP. If uh, you, yeah, you against, against the Lakers, against, I don't know, there's probably four or five teams in which it's going to be Maxi KP, where they play... Enough dudes, um, but I think the question, obviously, judging from last night, that they're basing their lineups off of is can Dorian hang with the person in the post or on the glass that they're rolling at a four? Last night with Melo, it's a yes, uh, tomorrow night with you know, uh, Bogdanovich playing the four, I think it's probably a yes because mm-hmm. he hovers more, right? And if you want to check out pick numbers or pick and roll numbers, uh, You'll quickly find that as much as I love Dwight, I think he's the secret offensive engine that no one gives enough respect to on this team and how we replace what he does last night aside, because that's Portland and they're a terrible defensive team. um, Rudy Gobert has like 1,800 picks set this year. The next person is like 1,500.
1: Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about Gobert is, I could probably pull this up here real quick, but it, there's just not a lot of dudes that big that play that many minutes. Yeah. Like he, he's on the floor a lot.
0: Right. When it took him years to get to that. Right. He used to be 22 minutes a game type guy. Um, and then he started being able to challenge shots without fouling all the time. And now he's you know, one of the best bigs in basketball. Yeah, so
1: I think uh, I would be interested in what it is like on a per-minute basis, right? Because mm-hmm. Gobert has got to be playing almost 10 more minutes a night than uh, –
0: Dwight. Let's see. Yeah, I can look it up for you. Go Bears at
1: 34.2, which is the most of any uh, big in the league. So that tells you right there, you know? Right. And then I would imagine Dwight's probably closer to like 24. Oh, geez, he's only at 20. Oh, no, excuse me. 26 and a half. Um. So almost ten more minutes, and I would be. I would bet that Dwight, by rate, is not that far off from him. Less, but not like. Like, what's do you know Dwight's number?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm looking at. I just sorted it for picks per thirty six minutes. Dwight total is uh, let's see. I think he's sixteenth in basketball. Set one thousand and thirty one picks this season. 30, okay. 30, so thirty six picks per game. Okay. So if um, it were
1: per thirty six, it would probably be not even, but probably only about 20% more for Gobert. Anyways, um, what it means for KP, I looked at this the other day and I could not believe it. And sometimes you see things on second spectrum or on Synergy that make total sense to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see things you're like, how could this be, like, this does not feel like what I'm seeing, but it's a freaking camera hooked right. up to a tracking device, like, and there's very smart people running these websites and classifying things. Yep. If you sort for direct picks and pops, mm-hmm. so KP, ideal, what you thought his bread and butter was going to be the day they traded for him and thought about, you dreamed up him and, and Luca.
0: I feel like what happens once possession. You think it happen? It does? Yeah. 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 Okay. It happens a ton. But
1: here's what I did not think would be the case. He's number one in the league in points per possession on direct pick and pops. Wow. If you filter yeah. it for like starters, basically yeah. by possession, number one. And I could pull the list up here because I still have the Excel sheet, but like that, it doesn't feel like that to me. And it, it does feel like they try to go to it a lot. Um, but I guess it just goes to show that although he's shooting 34% from three, on the best looks for him, mm-hmm. which are those, because if you also pull up his shot chart, like his heat map, it is infrared from above the break, and extended out, you know, four feet on each side. Yeah. It is iceberg in the corners. Yeah. So, the places where you get pick and pop looks, right there at the top of the key, or excuse me, beyond the three-point line, he's killing it. It's like 1.252 points per direct pick. Like, that's a very good play. Yeah. Like, for example, by the way, Maxi is ninth on this list, but just some context, Gallo's fourth, Vooch is fifth, um jaron jackson jr's seventh uh guys that you think of as like hey these dudes are killing it on pick and pops cats 10 kevin love 11 but number one is kp so the offense is not going to look the same there's Mm -hmm. no way because right now they're running more pick and roll ball handler possessions than anybody in the nba yeah and i have to figure that will probably drop off some yeah it has to but it doesn't necessarily mean that your efficiency has to and it sucks because if you can imagine what this version of KP, what you could turn him into and having Dwight, you're like one of the five best teams in the league at that point. Yeah. We just haven't seen him get anywhere close to that, and now we're going to see him get to that without the, run, the rim running threat of Dwight.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder what it does because it's always fun to um, invert your offense, which is drag the five-man out to the three-point line or make them decide – Okay, there's a seven foot guy out the three point line. What do I do about this? Whether you you know switch uh, off ball or how you treat that, um, but whenever there's not another person diving at the lane, it it's kind of like okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not giving up the the cookies whenever you drive straight at the line with at the lane with with the white. And something I saw last night, and I'm sure it's their exact uh, counter punch to what they think this problem of no Dwight is going to be, is Luca's getting into the lane, and instead of doing that stop-down hovercraft move he does, which is just like, I'm just going to stand here and dribble for a second. Right, putting somebody on his back. Yeah, and just see what happens, is he would get almost to that point where he would usually do that, and then he'd kick to the corner. And then they'd make the really simple, either I'm open at the corner or uh, wing guy is going to overreact, and I kick it to the wing. And that seemed to work pretty well, at least first half last night. Whenever they were hitting the, you know, the twelve first quarter threes, and
1: it does make it a little harder though when nobody has to tag that
0: big. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a different it's different geometry. It's a different different um, scramble that you're throwing the defense into, right? It's easier to recover from. Um, you're not completely under the basket. It's shorter spacing, so I think finding the little tricks that you can still use in that. And I think that's like the number one one, right? We think it's. Okay, just run a bigger, pick, better pick and pop game, but that's not where most of the possessions are going to come from. They're right. going to come from Luca getting downhill. Now what? Now what happens? Is he keeping an eye on Dwight and always knowing that my corner guy doesn't move? I know I can make that pass without even looking at it. Um, or do I lob to Dwight? And now I think it's almost automatic. It's not a complete system failure for the defense. But if you do it quicker and you get that ball flying corner back up to wing quicker, then you almost create a one-on-one on the other side where you're like, okay, Tim's still over there. Let's give it to Tim or let's give it to Seth or figure out somebody to take care of this weak side one-on-one opportunity.
1: I think what you're a lot of what you'll see is him downhill, even if KP's the screener, the pop, the, the play to the corner, the corner back up top. Yeah. I think and that he is where, reset it. I just, think that's where a ton of Porzingis' shots are going to come from. Yeah, and it, they look hit, like they ran it pretty he, well last night. He hits night. those. Yeah, so, he yeah he hits
0: those at an incredible clip. Uh, the cornerman, whoever that is, if that's Tim or it's usually Dodo, right? Yeah. getting the ball out of his hand pretty hot. Maxi does the same thing. That's what I noticed last night. Is maybe they haven't done the same thing the entire season, but it feels like when Maxi comes in, he's just kind of replicating what Dodo does on offense. Yeah, um, which is crazy. Right, and, he, and every once in a while he sets a screen and starts rolling, um, and that's the value of Maxi, who to me is, <laughs> I don't know, in our 40-something games, 43, 44 games, has become one of the most valuable bigs in the league. Yeah. And it's cool whenever you can stack him on top of Dwight, but now we're in a post-Dwight pal for this season world. Yeah, good. No, you're good. I just wanted to kind of get into the what will turn into the Dwight appreciation podcast because I know there is a lot of uh, why does this guy make so much money? Why did we lock up Dwight long term? Um, and I feel like I've done my part to beat everyone over the head with he's the best half court basketball player in the NBA. Um, but if that doesn't, you know, if you're not on on the boat, then just the picks numbers that way, the screens, whatever you want to call them, numbers. Sixteenth in the NBA in screen and total screen set. Seventeenth in picks per game, uh, with thirty six picks per game. First in points per possession off picks at one point one eight three. Um, he does all the dirty work, and he's so good at it, and does it without hesitation, over and over and over again, whether it's on ball or off ball. You can't find a player. To replace what Dwight Powell does.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's to say nothing of the locker room, but I, I think he's super un- – I mean, it's probably just because he's not a, he's not great defensively. Um, and maybe also
0: it's a I feel c- like he's played pretty ge- good defense this year. He just keeps getting called for weird fouls because he just has a rep.
1: <laughs> and they kind of – you know, it's a weird – a bit of a weird spot for him. Yeah. Uh, having to, you know, guard guys a lot bigger than him a lot of the time um, or quicker than him. But it's kind of a case study, I think. And it's just human nature. And when he was acquired and then the first contract that he signed, um, that was it for a lot of people. Right. Like, they were kind of done at that point. Well, we, d- we weren't smart enough to understand his value yet, right? Yeah. The, with it, it, getting signed when the cap's going up, getting signed to a team that wasn't very good at the time. Um,
0: well, and that, those are the summers we were chasing big names too, right? Yeah. So whenever you're saying, go get Darren Williams, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul and uh, Hassan Carmelo Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside in five straight summers and then your fallback is Dwight Powell
1: yeah he it just represents to he represents to a lot of fans uh like this negative energy which is absolute bs given the type of dude that he is but now I mean before the injury you'll have to see what ends up happening there but the deal that he signed that starts next year if he just kept doing what he was doing would be one of the best values in the league yeah and one of the only other like a non rookie contract <laughs> one of the uh, only other guys who might provide more or the same value is Maxi. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a phenomenal piece of team building that they got both those
0: guys on those deals. So the next one might be Dodo. Dude, yeah. That deal is laughable. Yeah. In terms of what he would get right now if you just if you just uh fight clubbed the salary Building the salary number building in the nBA and just blew it up and reset the credit card structure and everyone's flat on their face, okay, everyone allocate your money right now. dodo's like a ten million dollar a year fifteen million dollar a year player yeah,
1: it's crazy, man, that all starts every game because <laughs> you know that's three players that a lot of people were very uncertain about as far as their future in the league at all, and they've turned into key vital cogs and a playoff team. Um, the best offense in history, mm-hmm. and that's obviously a testament to role definition and hard work. Yeah, and that's you know a top-down thing. Yeah, um, those those are the those are the guys. When people talk about what's it going to be like when Dirk's gone, um, I think it's maybe a bit of a stretch. But I think you you have to somewhat credit Dirk <laughs> and like the way that he approached the game with guys like Finney Smith, Kleba, and Pal turning into what they've turned into. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say on Pal is I don't really think you can overstate how important having that guy on the floor with Luka for the first year and a half of his career has been because if you go watch those League games, it's obvious that he was trying a lot of this stuff, but they just did not have quite the same athletes to finish a lot of the ideas that Luka would start. And now they, you know, there's nobody better at that than DP. And it's like, I don't know that you get to this point this quick if he didn't have a guy who was so good at that thing. People mm-hmm. complain because it's, he's average, I would say, at most other things at best. But that one thing is really important to the team, and it's really important to Luka.
0: Yeah. Last, last podcast I did with Demaris, we basically just talked about how do you build a superstar? what does it look like what does it day-to-day look like right what what do you tell him how do you what do you let him get away with what bad decisions do you not bench him for you know what does his training regimen look like and Dwight Powell having a guy like that that just does all the dirty stuff for you and says hey man go out there and get your uh get your MVP praise I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna shovel dirt for two hours yeah um that's extremely important that's He's, and to speak to your Dirk point, um, you know, we have to ask all the guys last year, you know, what is it like playing with Dirk Nowitzki? Blah, 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 do all that stuff. And some of them are just like, oh, it's incredible. Um, but you see some dudes like light up and not just light up in the sense of, oh, it was cool to play next to a great basketball player, but light up in like, that's my responsibility now. And that's Dwight. Yeah. He's that dude. And I feel like I talk about Dwight, Maxi, and Dodo every podcast we do, and it's not for accident. Right. Like, those are my dudes. Those are the guys that aren't as talented as, you know, name 100 dudes in the league that you'd rather have, that's fine. Name dudes that you're going to put on all NBA teams, that's fine with me. Name your all-stars, whatever. Look at the salaries. They're guys that make more. Those dudes are the foundation. Dudes that have turn themselves into incredible basketball players that are worthy of starting. I mean, imagine Dwight Powell was a throw-in in in the Celtics trade that we thought we could do something with. He's a starter. He started every game this season besides the first, like, two or three.
1: It's weird, too. You hear teams say stuff like this all the time in every sport, and you never really know how much to put into it. But I remember at the time, I don't remember if it was on bad radio or if it was just in a, a media scrum. At the time, Donnie said we weren't doing this deal without Powell. Yeah. And I was like, that's got to be BS. Really? (laughs) There's just no, like, I'd never even heard of this dude. Yeah. Like, okay, you're a second round. He was not like super young either. No, no, he was like Uh, 23, 24. Yeah. And I'm like, really? "Really?" Yeah. And that, I mean, maybe you say that about everybody and you only remember it when it works out, but they were hyping him up then. You yep. know, as a guy that could be huge and Maxi, good lord, dude. Yeah, I mean, I went back and read the Mavs press release when they signed Maxi. Um, and you could not have had a less fanfare laden <laughs> acquisition than when Maxi came over. Oh, yeah, and they then, treated
0: him like he was Brusino. Yeah, so it was like, okay, It cool. was just another, you know, got a foreign scene, guy. And then, uh, and I'm like, man, he's
1: old. Yeah, <laughs> like this dude is 25. And then, you know, I did a Maxi article a couple weeks ago, and I'm telling you, dude, if you put his numbers right now, like, what he does, if you look at three categories, let me see if I can find out exactly how I put this, but I looked at um, pick and roll, uh, roll man possessions, catch and shoot unguarded, and rim protection. And there is only one player that shows up in the top 20 of all three of those lists. Uh, two other players show up on the offensive top 20 and are not there defensively, and that is Kevin Love and Jaron Jackson Jr. And they use about the same number of pick-and-roll possessions per game, about the same number of catch-and-shoot uh, possessions per game when they're unguarded. Maxi not a great shooter when guarded, but they give him a lot of looks. Type yeah. of you. We were talking about the same with Dodo before. And, yeah, it's just he's... 13th best in the league for uh field goal percentage yielded and he's top 20 in those two offensive categories so that's incredible (laughs) that's awesome for anybody like that is the argument kind of where we've gone back and forth all year on dude if they wouldn't be better off if he were just starting all along yeah and the problem now is that whenever you were having that conversation you were having it you were comfortable having it Because you were thinking about, yeah, but Powell could still kill people off the bench. Right. His minutes will probably be about the same. Yeah. Nobody's really going to eat less here. And now, whenever you talk about moving him up there, that five-man unit will murder people. Yeah. But the problem is, what happens after that? You can only probably take Boban to about 15 minutes a game.
0: get that idea out of your head, Um, random fan who just says... We'll play Bob on 25 minutes a game. Dude, That's this, not.
1: This, not only would he get, and he knows this, exposed, his body cannot handle yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Those numbers you were mentioning about Maxi, I was trying to find a comp that if you attach those numbers to this young big, people would not shut up about it. Yeah. If DeAndre Ayton had Maxi's numbers from this year, people would not shut up about
1: it. Efficiency wise. Right. Because his counting stats are not super high. You know, no. I mean, I think over the last, he's averaging like, what 14 and eight over the last dozen or so games but if he was playing you know five more minutes a night and he was up at 17 and 10 yeah you and he was a second year player you'd be like this dude's gonna be 20 and 10 for right. the rest of his life
0: yeah you'd be like ah, oh, it's zion tweet right that's that's tight i'm glad we got a zion move um, all of his games to prime time <laughs> right every <laughs> single one and make some more uh thanos marvel movie memes about him why not uh I did think
1: it was kind of funny that Mark Jackson had to apologize for fat shaming him. He should. Mark Jackson's fat. (laughs) That was so weird. You can't
0: be a fat dude calling a fat guy fat. (laughs) That doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Um, So uh, just to put a bow on the Dwight conversation, every time I see him, I literally say, there's Superman. Like that's Because I know it bugs him. Because every time we do a podcast with him, I just read his numbers in his face. And he's like, shut up. Yeah, I'm just like I've heard. I'm like 1.2 points per possession, and I'm just like 99th percentile. And he's like just da da da. So every time I see him, I'm like there's Superman. So if you don't trust me, you don't trust Jake about how valuable Dwight Powell is. Let's just try to replace him real quick. Yeah. Okay. Because now we go from a team that is just trying to go into this trade deadline. Okay, we got found gold. We're doing a little bit better than we expected. We all were probably, I mean, even the most optimistic of us were saying, you know, 45 wins. um, Let's challenge for that seventh, eighth seed if we get lucky. Um, And now we're sitting at 28 and 16, 12 games over 500 with a 64% win percentage. Two games behind the four seed. Almost uh, guaranteed playoffs as we are seven and a half north of the eighth seed. Um, And so our expectations have shifted a little bit. And now that you're in this, you know, in the the nice pool at the country club, how do we not mess this up? How do we stay here? Um, and Dwight being out the rest of the season throws a big wrench in that um, because you might not think Dwight is a star- NBA starter or one of the best big men in the league. You can't find a guy that's going to do what he did. Yeah. You're not going to find a guy that um, – sets that many screens, does that much grunt work that works nonstop on getting boards. I mean, if you just watch, just go back and watch the last game Dwight, Dwight played and watch him, uh, which might be impossible because the camera only fo- follows the ball. Watch him setting up to get rebounds. Dude, it is just hand fighting and footwork and throwing your hip and elbow and shoulders into people just trying to get that tiny bit of space to get you a chance to rebound this ball. And that's what he does the entire game. Just an incredible, tireless worker. Um, And you're not going to find a guy. You're just not. No. If you're bringing in a guy, they're either going to be too good. They're not going to do all that grunt work. So they're either going to have part of Dwight's game, which is the offensive fun part, um, which is, you know, dunks. Or they're going to be a young dude that probably plays crazy but plays out of control uh, and doesn't have the skill to catch lobs or to finish like Dwight did. So – we went from a team that was kind of shopping for, you know, luxury items. We're trying to get that moonroof. And I feel like now we, need, a roof. <laughs> now, we, now we need a new new muffler or transmission well, or something. Well,
1: so the case against that would be that one of the guys who would be most apt to replace what Powell gives you in the league is Kleba. Yeah. So now you're talking about, can I replace Kleba? And it's a similar problem. But if you are talking about
0: KP... Well, Maxi can't play... As many minutes as Dwight did, I don't think. I don't How know what far their numbers, are they? I don't know what their distribution is this year, but just knowing... It's not as far as you think. No, it's not, but Maxi also offensively plays a completely different kind of taxing basketball. That's true,
1: but he can rebound.
0: Yeah, rebounds. Uh, plays as, At least he
1: can this year. I was right. very suspect before yeah. this year. As but
0: dynamic as Dwight is on offense, Maxi's that way defensively.
1: Yes, and as you said, he may get to Dodo spots... Rather than rolling, but he can roll some. And now your question is.
0: Got to replace Maxi.
1: Right. And is that a little bit, even if he's playing comparable minutes to Pal coming off the bench, it's going to be a little bit easier to replace that because a lot of dudes in this league live on eating up bench bigs. Yeah. And if you can find a guy who, however he gets it, is able to get, you know, nine or ten points a game as a big off the bench it doesn't really matter how he does it like he could be a bully ball guy you know there's a ton of names out there that have been thrown around um i'll just speak for myself on this part i have never wanted any part of andre drummond not only because um a whole host of issues uh not the least of which is that he's free and i think teams even the smart ones sometimes put themselves in a a situation where they think well, I just gave up a lot to get this guy. Even if I'm not super jazzed about what he's bringing to the table, I have to pay him because, uh, you know, I we sunk cost. Yeah. So guy like that was – I was never interested in that. After that, you're pretty much just looking at a market of people that are available for a reason. And it might be, you know, Mahimany's name has been thrown around. Joe Kim Noah's name has been thrown around. Whatever it is – It's going to take more out of just about everybody they currently have on the roster, no matter who they bring in. They're going to have to get more out of just about everybody. Not a ton more, but a little bit more. And so that, plus, there are plenty of teams that you can play KP at the five against. That opens up a conversation about, Do you, you ideally need another big, but could your biggest acquisition be a big that's not a big or a big guy who's not a big right so even today Bleach Report reported you know some stuff about um, the Mavericks and Iguadala still being uh you know tied together in talks so situations like that and then people will be like like when Covington comes up people are like well that's just Dorian uh maybe but maybe a little bit better and I'm like Yeah, I'd like another Dorian. (laughs) Yeah, like I'll collect those dudes in threes if I can. Right. And if that means that when Porzingis is out there at the five, now I have some combination of, uh, you know, my four three is somehow like, um, is Dorian Finney Smith and Andre Iguodala, and they're out there with Hardaway Jr. and Luca. That would be classified as oh, they're going small. But that is the biggest small lineup in the history of the game. <laughs> like the average height of that uh, everyone there is huge. So I think there's a they have a lot of options, I guess is what I'm saying, both internally and externally to where I'm not as freaked out about this as I was when it happened. And I think a big part of the reason I was as freaked out as I was, one, Porzingis was just coming back after 10 games, but also just because it was Dwight. <laughs> Like that was just a huge part of it, man. Like I don't know Tim Hardaway Jr.'s personal affect all that well. You know, I haven't been around him. Uh, we haven't had him on bad radio. like we've had Dwight on a couple times, and you, just anytime you're around anything with this organization, it's legit, right? You know that he's He's that dude, and you hate it's weird, but you hate it more when bad things happen to people that you think are good people.
0: So the situation you you find yourself now in with losing a player that might not look like it's just like a core piece of your team but really is one of the offensive engines is you have to find a way to replace that. But the thing that I fear almost more than anything in the situation we're in now is making a move that you otherwise wouldn't make, and especially if it's a long-term deal. If it's it's multiple years – trying to replace Dwight, which is an impossible task. And now you have, <laughs> now your big rotation is like five people deep and you got a lot of money committed to it. And I thought the big rotation was kind of perfect whenever KP was healthy, right? Yeah. Just the lasting effect of, say you trade for player X, they have a two-year deal. Uh, they come in mean, it just causes all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's money tied up, uh, multiple years, minutes, um, minutes you go into next year and you're telling this guy who, you know, came in and thought he adapted really well and evolved and brought a lot to the offense, you're telling him you can't start no matter what because Dwight's starting next
1: year. Let me tell you something else. They are, pe- people are being way too cavalier with this Warriors pick. Like, oh, yeah. you're about to have a ton of money committed. And you know how guys who get picked from 25 to 40 end up good? They go to good teams yeah. that don't ask them to do too much too early and they turn into Draymond Green or Rudy Gobert or whatever. I mean yeah.
0: obviously it's a crapshoot. You mean you mean in trading it. Yeah. You'd rather, a, you you think the I value mean, of keeping it is extremely high.
1: I think it's underrated for sure. Oh, yeah. Like every everybody's oh accordingly uh, in uh dub second. And I'm like, are you sure about that? Right. Like this is not a win now at all cost situation yeah like you don't have first round picks so you know despite the fact that you're a pretty young team I just think it's weird to me how much people like we went from um why don't the Mavs pay closer attention to the draft to why don't the Mavs just trade all the draft picks right right. dude I'm not saying I wouldn't do it for the right move but there's no need for them to freak out like that's why and I know this probably isn't doable Especially with all the news swirling around today, dude, you could almost sell me on doing nothing. Now, that's clearly not what they're gonna do. But especially when broke off his back and him being, you know, getting into the rotation a little bit more. Now you're gonna be small, but I
0: just so, think they so need are to 25 be, teams. Yeah,
1: I just think they need to be careful whenever they're trying to walk this path of we want to be good now because we're already good enough to win a playoff series and we want to be good in four years, like really good in four years. Mm -hmm. So how do you serve both masters at once? And I just, I'm kind of trending towards, I want to maintain the way that I felt about this year before it started, even though it's unfolded a little bit differently or a lot differently than we thought it would. Yeah. I think that's hard.
0: Oh, it's, it's a weird line because expectations are higher than they should be right now or as we anticipated but you always have to keep the long-term view right whatever you wrote down as your goal in the preseason just because you're exceeding it uh in the slightest degree does not mean you change course yeah you're still you're still aimed at the same exact thing and to me the perfect situation to test that is right now um and if you if you're getting into a transaction situation and you're telling me that you're going to trade what is likely the 31st overall pick, um, some expiring deals or some value out, are you legit going to tell me that you're going to get a better player right now than you could on draft night for what you're trying to give up? Once your first round pick's in play on draft night, as the new league year would start, right? You have that pick, whatever it is, it would be 20 right now, I think, might – get as high as 21, 22, 24, something like that. If you're going to tell me that you can get more with the 31st pick and expiring contract to get somebody out of a bad money deal or whatever their their motivation is, you can't get a better deal than you would on draft night trying to move your first and your second. And whatever, you know, you can look at the cap sheet and see who's expiring next year or um, whatever salary you got to fit in there. So to me they have the most powder, the most bang, the most whatever, the most juice they could possibly have on draft night. And if you're make, making a deal now to win a few more games and make a little bit more more noise, man that's really short-sighted and it better be the right guy. It better yeah. be a perfect fit or somebody you think you can retain long term.
1: Yeah, and you know, what are they going to what what Consider the idea that Dwight comes back fine, which unfortunately you never know. Yeah,
0: there's no promises.
1: But if he does, what's your what what's your plan now? Right. So, like does that guy just replace Boban? You know what I Boban's mean? Boban's under contract for next season. Okay, yeah, so I just mean like who is he who is that person shoving out? Right. Like you don't really have anybody leaving uh and you know like Hardaway Jr has a player option. So I don't know, that's to me the argument for just like, man, I would just Most of the names that I've heard thrown around, like I'm way more into the very bottom of the barrel of like, just go get me someone that might be able to just take somebody into. And I'm talking about bigs only. There, there are a couple wing names where I'm like,
0: oh yeah, that dude is still in his prime. No, if you're getting if you're getting a new piece out of the core, right? Like that's a different conversation. Yeah, but if you're talking about bigs right now, there's like you know one or two out there that really, really move the needle. And if you're not doing that, why not? sign a free agent or just take somebody into an exception for a team that's trying to take some money off. It doesn't – adding a big to the core makes zero sense right now.
1: Yeah. Zero. And the last thing I'll say about that is I think I saw Schumann tweet this the other day, but – and I'm going to try to pull the lineups from last night up here. We just don't know enough about – uh KP is the lone big to completely rule that out as something that could be really effective, right? Because um, I think he, he had the numbers that were like, you oh, know, this lineup is, it's just not been good. But for example, last night, the starting lineup played 11 minutes and had a net rating of
0: 31-8, okay? <laughs> the yeah. second,
1: second team unit that had uh, Porzingis as the only big, Was Hardaway Jr., KP, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, Jalen Brunson. That had a net rating of 4.5. So, (laughs) I mean, it's a small sample, but I don't. I was frustrated personally earlier in the year when they would never go to it. Yeah. And I understood the logic against it because it's like, well, Cleaver's kind of playing like a wing, so what does it hurt to have him out there? Dude, I mean my thought when they first got him was in four or five years, our death lineup is going to have him at five and there will not be another player over six ten on the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I don't, I just, I, 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 like those looks and, um, let's see here. Curry, Porzingis, Finney, Smith, Jackson, Doncic last night, plus 14.3, uh, Hardaway junior Porzingis, right. Finney Smith, Luca, uh, it's only two minutes, but ninety. <laughs> My point here is that every positive lineup they had last night, uh like sh- did they even play Cleaver and him together at all last night? They had to have some, right? Yeah, they did.
0: Man, I'm not seeing much. <laughs> I was trying to think. Um so nothing is good about Dwight getting hurt, but it does almost put you in a new training camp. You know what I mean? Like you're learning new ways to run everything because the main guy that did all the action and had all the responsibilities gone. So watching, it's DeLon and Jalen, the two guys last night that I was like, they look a little different. Like something's happening. Yeah, Um, And I don't know if it's those those kind of guys or if they're just taking the message to heart, but it feels like you're in training camp again Mm -hmm. because you have to relearn how to play with these group of guys. Jalen is going to have an awesome second half. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that he's too good and too smart of a stinking player to have the same first half he just had. So if they're looking for natural improvement or things that can push them over the edge in terms of the second unit and mismatches they can create, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Jalen's going to be very good in the second half. He's going to probably play like he did last night.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think he certainly losing some minutes has affected him oh yeah,
0: confidence-wise
1: and rhythm-wise.
0: He's got some motivation. Um, now, and I know people are sleeping on him. And then DeLon last night, like, pushing the ball a few times. Yeah. I don't know if it was because um, – who was it? Was it Gary Trent? Someone someone got in his kitchen really quick mm-hmm. on a possession and just drove straight to the basket, and DeLon was uh, pretty pissed about it. I don't know if he thought it was a clear out or something. He was arguing. Then he got the ball, and he went straight <laughs> down and straight at the rack. And for a 6'5 point guard to do that, it was, like, pretty smooth, he, albeit – clunky and weird movement. He's always moving forward. His head's always down. He's always getting to his shot, which he's good at finishing around the basket. How tall did you say he was? Delon Wright, six, five. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you said... Yeah. He's... uh Yeah. That's... If that's all Delon does on offense, that's totally fine, man. Yeah. But those two dudes, I would expect, now that we are refocusing and having to relearn how everything works without Dwight... um, I think Jalen was awesome last night. I think he's gonna have a big second half. And we'll see what comes of Delon. But if he just pushes the pace, if he's just pushed the pace guy and play good defense at you know, as a long perimeter defender, I think those guys can have really, really good, impactful second halves.
1: Dude, I mean that Delon play almost won that Clippers game. Yeah. That the, was incredible. The steal, yeah. yeah. And with Jalen it's just there's just no way that his shooting will I mean he shot well enough as a rookie to where Right. Let me see here. Yeah, I guess he's not as down as much as I thought. His his issue is just sometimes he just kind of looks like he gets a little tunnel vision in the paint to me. No doubt. But that's kind of to be expected for a second-year point guard. Like, yeah. I still absolutely have him in my mind as a guy who you can – because I wrote this the other day, too. Like, I don't care how great Luka is or gets – it's very hard for me to imagine him playing 44, 45 minutes a game in a playoff run like no LeBron doubt. does. Like he ha- does a lot of LeBron things, mm-hmm. but that's probably not ever happening. Yeah. You know, yeah. because there's not many guys who have done it ever. Mm-hmm. But he, that, I just don't think that's going to happen. So for them to win series, you're going to have to have 15 to 20 minutes a night of Jalen. Yeah. And I think. You know it gets thrown around a lot, but I think the Fred Van uh, Vliet thing is it makes sense to me. Yeah, their games remind me of each other a lot, which seems crazy now because Van Vliet's like a borderline all star. Oh yeah, um, but get paid three years ago, no one was checking for him like that.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs> not. Even going into the playoffs last year, it was like, "Well, oh, Fred's cool. Yeah, Fred's good. Like he definitely belongs in the NBA. It belongs being a rotation." But yeah, and then even through the first round of the playoffs, it was like, "Why well, are y'all playing this guy? Like, yeah, good God." Um, so I would agree with you on both those dudes. That's, that's something we probably need to get to next time we talk. We get together is, okay, what does our playoff rotation look like? What, what do we like? Because we're shortening the bench. Um, you know, Boban's not going to play a lot of nights. Uh, Justin's not going to play a lot of nights. It's just going to kind of work out that way. You're not trying out odd lineups that don't ever see the floor together. You're trying out like three. You're yeah. going with like three different looks. And who's in there, who's not, depending on what matchup we get, uh, is going to be very tricky. Um, but you know, the, other,
1: the other thing is, is that you don't really have anybody who's going to get the nod oh,
0: because they have playoff experience. No. It's no. not
1: like, well, these guys are comparable, but this dude's been here before. It's kind of like, no one.
0: Yeah, not one of them. Courtney. <laughs> get Courtney out there. He's got some playoffs with the Magic. Like, Ten years DeLon. ago, the lawn with the yeah with the uh, Raptors year before yeah his first two or three years he was in the playoffs with the Raptors but they didn't you know they didn't go deep they got LeBron uh, like three years in a row yeah let's see they kept meeting the Cavs he they did make
1: it to the second round yeah. all three times he was there though so he's yeah. played in twenty eight playoff games yeah. that's important that's that's a decent and amount you know what I'll tell you the other thing and people laugh at this um, but and one day I want us to do this. I want to go to big-time EuroLeague games. Yeah. I'm into that. Like, I kind of was thinking about this. W- I can't remember what scuffle it was earlier this year. Oh, it was uh, when Luka got pushed to the ground. Uh, Golden State? Or yeah, it was Golden State, yeah. but I don't remember what that guy's name.
0: Oh, that was Marquise Chris, Marquise who's Chris no longer somewhere. employed right, by an NBA right. team. Yeah.
1: And I think somebody's reply was... Uh, Luca was just telling him what what a fifth pick actually looks like. <laughs> did Chris go five? Yeah, I
0: think he did. Chris was
1: high, yeah. So I remember that night, everybody being like, "Oh, you know, Luca, like it, he looks like he can handle it." I'm like, "Dude, I'm not, like, he was in pretty big leagues, but yeah, d- those games are hectic over there. No, for sure. <laughs> like, dude, there is like, yeah. if there's an air sometimes of this could go sideways oh, yeah, yeah. real quick, right." And you've seen, like, flares get shot onto yep. the floor and stuff like that.
0: There's not a lot of final-minute foul calls happening. Yeah, like you, They're just going to let you punched. play. Yeah, they're just yeah. going to let you play because the referee does not want to get stampeded.
1: Yeah, so I'm not saying that that's the same as playing in an NBA Finals game against Paul George and <laughs> Kawhi or LeBron. But he uh, has been in some pretty big pressure situation yeah. moments before. And I don't at all equate the issues they've had in the clutch with anything mental on his end. That's way more about the fact that their normal forty-six minutes of offense is awesome, and you basically can't run it in the last two minutes. Yeah,
0: that's that's a big concern. You got a forty-five-minute offense. Yeah, um, which I don't know if they've found a solution for. Or if we like, we're gonna, we just don't know yet. We're going to win by ten, or we're going to get in like the most clutch game ever, right? Yeah, it's going to be two points to one point to so negative two points to two points. That's kind of how our lives are right now. And maybe with Dwight out, the the DNA changes, or maybe the trade deadline brings something that shifts that. Because that was the number one, if you asked me, four days ago, pre-Dwight, uh, his leg exploding, what are you trying to do with the trade deadline, right? And I'm saying, give me a dude that can handle the ball and create his own shot in the last two minutes. Yeah. The rest of it, I mean, give me, give me prime J.J. Barea. Give me fill in the blank uh dude that can take some pressure off Luca and just eat up a one-on-one situation or even a weak side situation whenever they start trapping Luca
1: well I wouldn't be surprised if if Barea is a part of their late, late yeah. game offense a lot more
0: now playoff Barea might be a thing yep that might be a thing I could definitely um, see that happening
1: yeah and despite the fact of how he great he is for 45 minutes of offense having Powell not on the floor at the end of games. I He's mean, caused it's, some it's, rebounding issues, it, but it does. It definitely will do that. But it also stands to reason that if you need one bucket, yeah, you might be better. Yeah, like if you're playing Berea or you're playing Curry more, or you're playing, you know, who another shooter basically. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. Now we're gonna. St- I bet you, final month of the season is gonna be very interesting in terms of <laughs> testing playoff looks out whenever the the minutes dictate. Because we flirted a little bit with, you know, start J.J. here and there. Um, and then now that we're starting Seth, um, at least last night, we'll see what happens uh, Saturday in Utah. But, uh, yeah, man. Early start. Yeah, 4 p.m., 12 games up on 12, – 12 games north of 500 right now, which is insane to me to think about. Uh even a couple months ago. But 4 p.m. tomorrow, Utah, and then Monday is a normal time at OKC, which Dude, is going to be a test.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a test, but they can easily get, like, six of their next eight. Yeah. You know, this is not a particularly tough part of the schedule. This is a
0: little bit of stabilizing. For um, of the last five was really good to get. Yeah. Really good to get. Do you know – so Utah is, I think, 18-2 and two in their last 20? Is it that much? Yeah, they are very, very good. Do you know how many winning teams they played in that time? Uh, I'm going to bet, like, two. Three. Really? Three?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule now. Yeah, they just—they have been beating the brakes off people. They though.
0: have, and Conley's not fully back, and maybe that slows them down a little bit. I don't know.
1: Multiple 18 plus point wins. Yeah, in here.
0: they're playing really good, dude. Go Bears! <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, I know the dude gets laughed at because he's, you know, crying on Twitter because he's not named an All Star and all that stuff. That doesn't bother me. He's like their Dwight, like, but the best defender in the league as well. <laughs> He's such a great player, dude. I did not see that coming. I did never ever see Rudy Gobert coming, even his first or second year.
1: So chill out on moving that thirty-one.
0: Yeah, just at least consider it. I mean, I'm not trying to
1: be you know point out the one outlier guy, but you went at twenty-seven, I think, and
0: yeah, or just think about what does thirty-one and twenty get you? Just think about that draft night. Um, All right, well, let's see what the trade deadline brings. The eighth. Right around the corner? Am I accurate on that? NBA trade deadline as I Google. I believe so. Trade deadline, 2020. Uh, February 6th. February uh, 6th. it was a, uh, a, like a
1: circle-shaped number. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of those. Like One if you'd have them. said seven, I would have said no f and way. Yeah, insane. Right, insane. but if you have said February eight six or zero, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, eighty eight. Yeah. yeah, it's eighty eight. Uh-huh. It's February eighty eight for yep. sure. All right, but Yep.
0: Thanks for your time. See, I enjoyed it.